Welcome to episode 111 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. Just don't call me late for dinner. Ha ha ha! Oh my god. And oh, we'll see yeah. you next Thursday! That, of course, is my partner in crime. She is the real housewife of Transylvania. She is the mistress of Merlot and the Michael Phelps of wine. She is Ashes Von Nightmare. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for today's episode. We have some great guests. We do. We do. And uh, a couple of first-timers and a returning guest. But first, we also have uh, the man whose Cal Ripken-like streak of podcasting has kept our show afloat. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the handsomest, hardest-working man in podcasting, the bootylicious Johnny Wolfenstein. How, How can you prove that? Just listen to you. Like you had, you had our Canadian friends all verklempt. This is true. <laughs> handsome is like, can, is handsome a, like? Can you tell that from a sound? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I guess mean, I won't argue, but. <laughs> so we we have a couple of very special first time guests. Uh, she is the owner of the very first ever Axolotl Fight Club. <laughs> she is. Saucier than your grandma's marinara. <laughs> if she doesn't like what you say, she will fight you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Pecan Sandy. <laughs> you have to get closer you gotta, to the like, mic. You've got to make out with the microphone, but just Pretend don't lick it. it's like just Robocop's don't it dick. Don't, don't lick it, sweetie. Don't lick it. Suck it? Lick it before you stick it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and as you That's can, a song, by the way. Wait, if, if, if my voice is handsome, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, was, uh, that was solid. That was, uh, it was that saucy. Was. It was saucy, yes. And we are, of course, gi- joined by another first-time guest who has never been on the show as a guest before. She is the Ironborn goddess of giggles <laughs> and the warden of geekdom and the lady of Comic-Cons. Ladies and gentlemen... Welcome to the show for the first time ever, Agent Nicole Face. Yay! <laughs> I am back, and I'm so happy that you called Johnny Bootylicious. I did it just for you. Thank I am you. so happy you're back. When Patrick I started miss- talking, I was like, oh, fuck, why did I come back? <laughs> that's why. But then you saw my face, and you're oh, like, yeah. oh, that's why. You're the reason. Also you're the reason I cookies. will always come back. Oh, sweetie. We are, of course, also joined by our returning guest, uh, Spicy Quiston, the Lizard Queen. How are you doing there, Spicy Quiston? The Lizard I'm Queen! <laughs> that was Agent Nicole. I am the Lizard Queen. Yes, I am. <laughs> I just, I can't get over your energy and enthusiasm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she gives no fucks. So, so what are we doing today? Well, I was, uh, was going to start talking about that. Okay. So today, we are going to be talking about uh, this little blonde girl who uh, has ambitions of taking over the world. I, spicy. Uh, yeah, Spicy Kristen. <laughs> not Spicy Kristen. This one's a little bit younger. Uh, although I don't know. Uh, she <sighs> will eventually, at some point, give birth to the uh, leader of the resistance, John Connor. Uh, we are talking, of course, about Amelia Clark's portrayal of Daenerys Targaryen. Uh, I'm so glad I know that reference. <laughs> we'll get. We'll, we'll give you her her whole title once we uh, once we get into the real discussion because I think the real title is um, it's very important. 
But uh, first, what we need to do is, PK and Sandy, this is your first, uh, <laughs> your first appearance on the show, so you know what that means. I don't even like pecan. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get a little closer. I to can't. Well, okay. Pull it closer to you. There, you there go. we go. So you can what also, that means. sweetie, you can tilt the microphone down a little I bit. I like it this way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Whatever um, makes you comfortable. This way. Okay. And it likes it this way. It does? Okay. I can yeah. tell. It has a grin on its face. It has a nice feel to it. Oh Microphones apparently have grinny faces now. Stop licking the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you so, don't know uh, who's been on that mic. Oh, yeah. Oh, you I don't. know who's been on that mic, and you do not want to lick it. <laughs> no. You get monster zero syphilis. Good. Well, <laughs> it... Side effects include an chow puppy, an insatiable chow daddy. <laughs> chow daddy. <laughs> you'll you'll look like chow daddy and have an insatiable lust for Art Bradish's hot dogs. Sounds like I don't have to go into work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, what it means is you have to answer our our question, and our questions are, are getting into character questions. Are uh, are you prepared to get into character? Can I lick this microphone one more time? <laughs> you can lick it as many times it. as you want. All right. So, you're first getting into character question. Why do you collect turtles? Because I want to build a turtle empire to be just like Daenerys. So, you're going to ride your, your turtle steeds into battle? <laughs> Absolutely. I've seen your She's turtles. Like, Dracarys, and the turtles don't do anything. She's like, no, motherfuckers, Dracarys. <laughs> yeah, you have one of those rare fire-breathing turtles. It's like Dracarys, T-U, for turtle. Yeah. Just like that. And they're not that small. They're going to grow. You could, like, wear one on each foot and use them as shoes. Maybe I could ride the water, like the waves. Oh, like uh, that gif of Aquaman? Mm-hmm. Uh, I get you, I get you. Yeah. Um, that was not the answer I was expecting. Turtles are essentially reptile sandwiches. We've been over this before. Crunchy on the outside, chewy on the inside. Well, I don't eat them like you do. Yeah, well. Who's been feeding you turtles? Spicy. <laughs> <laughs> No, if anything, she'd feed me delicious skinks. Oh, my God. <laughs> what about delicious skanks? <laughs> you know, if you have a hooker look at me, I don't teaching, helping you pass math, she's you, a prostitute. You agree to be on the show. Don't give me that look. <laughs> All right, so question number two there, Sassy. Why is it that you are so saucy? What makes you the sauciest? I really like chicken Alfredo, so I just drench myself in it. It's a really nice lotion. It's also why I'm so pale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's has a uh, nice garlic aroma too. Yeah, it's very you pleasant. Help away vampires. Uh, yeah, vampires and people away. Mostly small children. Pterodactyls. Oh, but pterodactyls. Oh, sorry, I forgot the P wasn't silent. Oh, right. You're a pterodactyl. And, uh, pterodactyls are the good ones. Pterodactyls are the ring. Yeah. And for your You're final... You're supposed to lick it, Spicy. No. No. <laughs> and for your final getting into character question, describe your ideal Sunday. Sunday? Yeah. Like the ice cream or like no, the day? No, like the day. Like, you know, 
You know what? I think we should leave Going that open to interpretation. Romantic. Yeah. However you want to answer. Do I want ice cream or do I want to like get laid or watch Netflix? Chill with All my of the above. <laughs> Everything. All you imagine whatever you want my Sunday to be. Yeah, but that's not. Maybe that's I not want ice cream on me on my Sunday. So just tell us that. Just tell us what you want. She just did. I just did. You, that was I'll maybe. make your banana split. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll split your banana. Oh, that does not sound sexy. It can if you use that voice. Uh, I'll what, your voice? Potter. Use your handsome <laughs> voice, Patsy. Oh, okay. Oh, no. He doesn't have no. one. <laughs> no, it's going to like turn into really either John Travolta. Hey, look at me. It's oh, my yeah. handsome voice. <laughs> yep. Knew it. So... Getting into character, because you're a first-time guest, Agent Nicole, <laughs> you also... I didn't think I was going to. Are you new? No, I know. But I thought you, technically, no. technically, yes. No. I am new. You are a first-time guest, but you are not. I'm a first-time guest. Okay, so... Damn show. Uh, your first getting into character question is a true, true, false... Oh, fuck. I don't know if I like this. True or false... Benedict Cumberbatch has recently been in your bed. Yes. That is a yes, ladies true. and gentlemen. It is true. true. That's that's why I took a week off at work. He's in my bed. Yes. Two weeks off. Oh, yeah. Two. <laughs> okay, now it's two. I have two weeks, yeah. Question number... Do you have any questions for Agent Nicole? Well, do you have any? I have tons. Okay, then go <laughs> I ahead. I mean, let's just roll it off. Let's, All right. It's been like a couple of episodes. Since it has been a couple of episodes. You're only getting three questions, so. Can I get a bonus one from Ashes? Sure. If okay. she has one. <laughs> so, my question for you is, describe Sandy's ideal Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> um, it could I'm either. I'm ready. <laughs> I want it to be saucy. <laughs> Chocolate saucy. All I can think of is freaking... James Vanderbeek and freaking Varsity Blue. Wait, was it Varsity Blue? Yes, James oh, Vanderbeek no, you know and Allie Larder. Not another team movie with Chris Evans, and he's wearing the Sunday on him. Oh, it was Allie Larder in the in Varsity? I Blues. know, but I was thinking of Chris Evans, and then yeah, um, she is preparing her army. Turtle army. Her turtle army. <laughs> she is turtle. getting ready to fight some bitches. She's making her own Sunday, and she's gonna find a guy to put it on her on Sunday. So and Netflix wait a minute! So you have to make the Sunday, and then someone has to scoop it onto you? Yeah. Well, yeah, I want all the right toppings on there. No that, one else that can truly, make it that way. That truly is the definition of net- Netflix and chill. Yeah. <laughs> and Agent Nicole, you have one other question. Yes. How is your uh, battle against the Skrulls going? You know, I can't talk much about it. It's kind of classified information. You can say it's going well or it's going poorly. It's just going okay. It's just, it's been too hot. In space? Hey, freaking global warming. In space? (laughs) (laughs) It's starting to affect everything, okay? Space has gone from absolute to just just above absolute zero to like five degrees above absolute. Actually, if that happened, that would be It's been good. It's been good. Well, that's good. Uh, and you have a... Uh... Well, I do. So it's not so much like a... 
Yeah, I guess I could say it's a bonus question. Um, so I've really missed Agent Nicole Files. So I'm just wondering if maybe you have a file for us. Like, have you seen any good movies lately oh, or any good man. comic books you're reading? Or oh, man. what are you watching on TV? What is Agent Nicole up to? Oh, my God. Um, so I'm on vacation. And I was just talking about this. Um, I haven't watched wrestling in like 10 years. And I was just randomly, I was like, well, I'm kind of bored and there's no shows on. So I was like, I'm just going to see what's going on. And there's some hotter guys now. Like, it's it's up the game. Yeah, I agree. It's up agree. the game. So I am watching wrestling again. Maybe. What are you, the fuck are you doing? You Thank got you. a hat. I got a hat. Um... Let's see. Yeah, nothing nothing else. Just maybe next week. Maybe I'll drop some files next week. Ooh, you can, uh... Do you um have you seen Roman Reigns yet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and what are your thoughts? Um all I could think of was She blessed the rains <laughs> down in Africa. <laughs> yes. I just got into learning about S.H.I.E.L.D. and I was like, wait a minute, I'm part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Not Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? But the new S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah, no, with um, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Yeah, I was like, okay, I can get with them. I hate to break it to you, but they're not a thing anymore. I will know because Dean Ambrose is out of a. Oh, I thought action. they were a thing. I thought they like, they got back, back together. They came back Dean together. Ambrose, I, I yeah, Dean Ambrose just got hurt, but he's probably going to make an appearance at SummerSlam. This is what I've been doing on my fucking <laughs> vacation. I've been either watching Total Divas, Wikipediaing it, YouTubing it. I have no life. This is what I do now. For a week, maybe two weeks now since I... I follow some of the ladies. Um, I do sometimes watch Total Divas on mm-hmm. E! It's just, it's mildly it's, entertaining. Yeah. But the ladies get really entertaining. Yes, I agree. Like, I love um, Natty, yeah. Natalia. And, Natty uh, Well, no, she's Natty Cat. She wears the cat ears. <laughs> and she has her cat two paws. What do you think about the Bellas? And and he has his own Instagram, and I may or may not follow Two Paws on Instagram. I only follow... (laughs) I follow uh, Two Paws on Instagram. (laughs) I I follow Nia Jax, too. She's gorgeous and very interesting. Yeah. I also also follow uh, Jordan Grace. She's uh, an independent wrestler that uh, some of my other uh, somebodies... What was really interesting is, like, so this whole week, like, I'm cleaning out my closet and everything... Like and I physically fa- or metaphorically? No, physically, like cleaning she out, like a making room, <laughs> making room for my, um, just making room for the future. For you know Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. to live in your closet, yeah. right? And I found one of my old wrestling shirts, and it was an HBK. Like I, oh love, my god, I love HBK. <laughs> he was like Michaels. my, I love Shawn Michaels, but yeah. Oh, uh, Happy Brett Kenner. That's who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have a D-Generation X shirt. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I also yeah. found a John Cena one. I met John Cena, like, many years ago. And I was like, oh. Are you, are you sure you met him? No, I met him before he couldn't. We couldn't oh, see oh, him. Oh, okay. okay. Before, this, he when he, really, before, before he became invisible. Yeah. Before okay. he was ghosting everybody. <laughs> so that pretty much wraps up our uh, getting into character questions. But uh, I do have a couple of things that I want to. I want to talk about before we get into our uh, main discussion, okay. if I if I may. No, you can't. Uh, so tomorrow, as everyone knows, there is uh, I have a little bit of a conflict because we will be covering 
uh, Boston Comic Con yes. this weekend. Yes, <laughs> if you're going to Comic Con in Boston, let us know. Hit us up. Or Maybe Boston we can... Fan Expo, whatever the hell they... Whatever they're calling it. It's Boston Comic Con. It's going to be a fun time. So if you're going to be there, like, let us know. We'll, we'll see you there. We'll meet up. We'll say hi. Yeah. Um, Free hugs. Uh, really? I, okay. For, for free. Yeah, I'm not charging this time. I am five dollars <laughs> for premium hugs. Why would anybody <laughs> want to pay money or three ninety nine for the monthly plan where you get up to three hugs a month? Mm. I'd rather get the free hugs from the one that I want to hug the most. Oh, you're missing out. It's called Hug Pass. So is it going to tank like Movie Pass did? No, oh they just God. gave me a five million dollar loan, so I'm good. Um, but no, it's also opening day for a movie near and dear to my heart, The Meg. I'm uh, very excited to see that. Uh, for those of you who are not aware, I recently did uh, an interview with Steve Alton, the author of The Meg, which can be found on outrightgeekery.com. Uh, I will put a, uh, a link to that in the group if I haven't already. I think I may have, but I'll put a link to that anyways. Um, I also recently wrote an article discussing the differences and similarities between the Meg and the uh, Asylum slash sci-fi mockbuster version uh, Megalodon. If you remember episode 101, we had uh, much of the cast on. Dominic Pace, uh, Carolyn Harris, Ego Makitas, Paulina Laurent, and Elizabeth Cron all came on and uh, talked about the film and uh, their role in it. So that was a lot of fun, and so we talked about that. Uh, I'm hoping I may or may not be getting an interview with the director, James Thomas. So fingers crossed. Fingers, toes, hair. Uh, but th- I will uh, also eyes. be. <laughs> I will be uh, live tweeting that that uh, movie Me comes too. out Monday. Monday uh, on August Sci-Fi 13. at nine. Nine. Yes. PM Eastern. Eastern time so and whatever time that translate to your time i'll be live tweeting it with the hashtag danger is rising so we'll be we'll be talking about the the movie as it happens because i'm very very excited for this um one of the things i did want to talk about after my my interview with steve alton is he runs a program for uh kids to help read because a lot of kids were emailing him because he takes the time to literally respond to every single email that he gets because that's his, impressive. His rationale is, I wouldn't be where I am without my fans. So the least I can do is, you know, shoot them an email back when they email to me. At least he answers his emails and don't pile it up like some people mm. in this room. Thirty thousand emails. She's very She's spicy. That's why. She hey, don't let him like pile up too much the russians might get involved yeah (laughs) you know emails but emails what i was gonna say is he uh he gets a lot of emails from you know younger people you know teenagers kids in high school who don't really like to read a lot but they really enjoy his book the meg like the the first book in this nine part series that you know spawned this film and so uh, he kept getting, you know, hundreds and hundreds of these emails like, I don't read, but I really loved your book. And then, you know, teachers would, you know, say, I've incorporated your book into my curriculum. And he started a 501 3C charity called Adopt an Author. 
and it's been utilized over 10,000 times where he sends, you know, uh, you know um, material to the teachers and uh, the students. And, you know, he, he, he says half, about half of his work week is working with some of these students and teachers, you know, whether it's in person or Skype or, you know, what have you. Um, you know, just talking about the book and discussing the book and, like, really getting kids to read. And that's what his Adopt an Author program uh, does, and I think that's uh, that's a really important you know thing for kids to do because you know you know like they used to say, reading is fundamental. Well, I think that's incredible because how many kids do you know that don't read? They read the required materials, if that. Yeah. yeah. You know, Spark Notes is still a thing, so I think Google that is a thing. Anything that you know facilitates imagination and can increase your vocabulary and just kind of get you to think differently is a good thing. And I think more kids need to read. I think more adults need to read too. I'm totally like at fault. I'm I'm one of those people. Well, that's who what we're going to be doing on vacation. I need to read sitting more. on the beach I and drinking this, wine and reading. Yeah, I, I, all for the wine. Um, but I have a thing where I start a book, but I won't finish it. So I have so many books that I've started, and I haven't finished one. Well, I bought the first Game of Thrones book on July fourteenth or July seventh, two thousand fourteen, and I just finished rereading it last year, and so it took me a long time. And that's something that I was really interested in. So you know, sometimes it's just finding the time. But if you can get kids interested, because I used to read voraciously as a kid, and I don't read as much as I do yeah. now. You know, I'd really like to make That's time like for it. That's a 10-point word right there. Voracious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. But, uh, you know, I look at I look at somebody, you know, I, I can't use the excuse, well, I don't have the time. When you have a guy like El Goro who, who watches 600 movies, does a podcast a week, and then reads 60 books. Plus, there's also, like, audio books as well. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I've been doing a lot of the past couple of months has just been see i gotta do that it's it's so good and like i'm working and i'm listening to something and my brain is just keep keeps on going and i'm i'm like like you said it's it's hard to make time for reading like this this week i'm trying to read more books that i've like like read like a couple chapters and just like months later just forgot about doing so i mean to quote paris hilton reading is hot (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure. No, that's I think she, she said, said reading is hard. <laughs> <laughs> There's like so many words and no pictures. So, anyways, I think now would be a really good time to take a break. Yeah, I agree. And when we come back, we are going to be discussing a book character as yes. well as a television character, Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. Yes. So after these messages, we'll be right back. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. 
It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. It's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Good evening, future passengers. Are you ready to sit back, relax, and join us on a ride of epic proportions through the mystical land of randomness? Am I a serial killer if I eat Lucky Charms? What would it be like if horror characters ran a gym? Who would run spin class? When a shark jumps out of the water, is it like suffocating for that split second? So join us every week for a brand new derailment with Goobs, Ripkin, and Jenny Bean. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Derailers. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. Have a great night or day, folks. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. And we are back, and uh, like I teased before, we're going to be talking about Daenerys Targaryen, but if we're going to talk about Daenerys Targaryen, we have to introduce her the proper way. Yeah. I assume that's my cue, because i got to fade the music down. <laughs> yeah, my, my, wow. my fault. Yeah, no, that's Things my fault. I, uh, you, said af- <laughs> you said after the song, so that's... What yeah, no, that's that's my bad. So, here we go. You stand in the presence of Daenerys Stormborn of House Targaryen, rightful heir to the Iron Throne, rightful Queen of the Andals and the First Men, protector of the Seven Kingdoms, the Mother of Dragons, the Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea, the Unburnt, the Breaker of Chains. This is Jon Snow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... There's this definitely. Is the, oh my God! Will you shut the fuck up already? <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh, that is from season seven, episode three. Try going to Starbucks with a name like that. Yeah. Oh they um, probably just spell it. Steven. Do you have a? Yeah, do you have a nickname? <laughs> the mother of dragons. So. And here's this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jon Snow. At least. Davos gets the point. Like, well, he just kind of stood there, and no, John kind of looks at him like, "Hello, <laughs> oh, this is John Snow, <laughs> and he's king in the north, <laughs> and he does stuff, yay!" He died so once. he died once. It's he's only a now. flesh wound. <laughs> yeah, all his flesh. I got better. <laughs> you turned me into a newt. Oh my God, right, this is going to turn into a Monty Python yes. routine real you quick. Don't look like a newt. <laughs> so, 
For those who are <laughs> unfamiliar with Daenerys Targaryen, Daenerys Stormborn, because she was born during a storm, so it's not just a clever name. Uh, she is a central character on the hit HBO show Game of Thrones. Did you say H? <laughs> That's what I thought. Did you not say H? H. HBO. H. What? What? Why? Why is that a thing? Say why. Why? Oh, God. I know. I put too much emphasis on the H. So. Cool. Whip. (laughs) So Daenerys is one of the uh, central characters that we meet early on. Um, She is also obviously a central character in the book series A Song of Ice and Fire, upon which the HBO special uh, uh, series is, is based. Yes, you have like a weird look. You look like you're trying to get you like said a popcorn. HBO the right way this time. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. No, he didn't. No. no. Just don't, don't fall. In, don't fall in so his so, don't damn be so traps. Sassy. So, when we first when we first meet her, she is a young child being sold to a uh, Dothraki horse lord because her brother believes that his army. Dothraki horse lord Cal Drogo, played by Jason Mimosa. He is convinced that this army will get him back onto the Iron Throne as the rightful heir, as their father was killed, as the rightful heir, as the king of all Westeros, which is the fictional land upon which this takes place. So, you want to draw pictures? Pictionary. Um, so I guess what we'll start with is when did you actually really become invested in this character? Because, you know, obviously the first couple of episodes, it's just really character introduction and, you know, getting to know these people, getting to know their surroundings, who they're getting with. Getting to know you. Getting yeah, to getting know to know all, all about them. about you. So when did you getting to like them? <laughs> Uh, we'll start with uh, Saucy Sandy. Um, it was the episode where she had to eat the heart. The horse heart. Yeah. Um, without throwing up. Yes, that was <laughs> it. It was without throwing up. So she persevered through that when she didn't really want to be in that particular spot. Um, and then from there, I was invested. Because in the beginning, we see her as just small and I saw her as relatively small and pale Um, much like yourself much like myself Um, very timid yes and kind of just doing whatever her brother wanted but it was in these first well in this episode particularly and then the one before it and really the one after it where it was like well I'm gonna do whatever I want now to live in my life sorry I forgot to lick the microphone (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, so I just kind of fell in love with her from then on as like a strong, independent woman Who from don't here. Need snowman. Who don't needs snowman? <laughs> yeah. So that's my and beginning. Funny thing about that scene is she was actually eating like a gummy heart, like with fake like yeah. juice yeah. in it, and like after. Like rehe- not after doing that scene, like they took a bathroom break and she got stuck to the toilet because she was covered with this like Ew. fake blood. Ew. But she said eating the gummy like heart was 
she said she probably would have uh, rather eaten a regular heart because, like, the gummy thing was just... Like, it didn't taste good. It was just, like, gelatinous. It's like the texture of it. Yeah. Like, it, it probably would have been better if she ate a real heart. Agent Nicole. Um, I feel like, just disclaimer, I got everybody into Game of Thrones. Because I got you, yeah, into, you into it, Patrick. And then I got... Well, you and my brother, Dave. Yes. Because Dave had been watching it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I gave you the DVDs. And that was the first time I met Ashes. And then it went on to... Was it Kristen or Sydney? It was Sydney. And then it got... It, oh, my what? God. Party foul. This is foul. why we can't have nice things. Oh, my God. Party foul. And then... Spicy Kristen got into it. Um, I have a love hate with Daenerys. I I think I have a love hate with you. No, you don't. Um, I think I think one no, of the my favorite scenes where I knew that she was going to be a very strong, well, quote unquote, strong character is it's also from away. season one where they're going through the grasses and she basically talks back to her brother. I think that's a really key moment where she's starting to become more of a Khaleesi than just a princess. And then as the season's gone, just like her dragons, she starts to be untamed. She has set ways and they're kind of all over the place. She is not my favorite character of the show. Um, and I'm just going to throw it out there. She's going to die in the show. And there we go. Oh. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I know. You're just giving me shade. I don't. Hey, I, Valor Margulis. Uh, yeah. I just have a lot of feelings. I think she, if she really wanted, and we'll talk about it, she's lost her ways, just like her dragons. Hmm. I mean, her father well, was known as the Mad King. Yeah, she is yeah. going to yeah, be mad. She got dick now. Of course she lost her ways. <laughs> We'll get to that in a minute. Because She's got multiple dicks throughout the whole series. That's, that's not it. This is a dick that matters. So, the mighty dick. Spicy question. Can you piggyback off of uh, the dick comment? <laughs> wow. I'm I could Don't for actually you. piggyback on it. I, yeah, you got no, your I, own I dick. I wasn't. So what the hell? I wasn't planning on <laughs> piggybacking on any any sort of dick comments at all, but um, <laughs> alright. When did you first like... Yeah, when I first got into... Um, I was last to get into the series because I was the last at the company to get into the series because literally everyone was talking about it and I figured, well, I'm going to get some spoilers. Might as well start watching it Anyway, there's so. actually one person in the company company who hasn't watched all of it, so you're good. Man. Well, besides our boss, he's watching. He's only watched a few. He hasn't gone through all of it. Oh, okay. So you're good. All right. Well, the people that like talk to each other and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Kristen Regularly. wanted to be a cool kid. It's okay. Peer pressure. Um, Can't sit with us. Everyone so. else is doing hey, it. Hey, there's no candy <laughs> named after cool kids. Only nerds. <laughs> oh, that's t- three. That's, that's too your many. third one. Too many. Too many. Is it or is it not true? <sighs> so go ahead, go ahead, Kristen. Um, so I think as 
you know, cliche as it was, I really liked her when she hatched the dragons. I started liking her when, you know, she first started um, showing her own personality and everything with the talking back to her brother, like you guys had said, and, um, you know, showing that she had her own um, mind in her marriage to Khal Drogo, um, even though he was, like, such a powerful, you know, he was the call and she was the Khaleesi, but, you know, they were a lot different in power, but... Like, he was a great warrior, yeah, and she's this and she's frail 14-year-old girl. And, but sh- he still treated her as, you know, his... He loved her and everything. Well, and because Yeah, she kind of forced... Not, not so much forced him, but the fact that she stood up to him... And made him see her as his equal. Yeah. Kind of became slightly defiant and learned about the Dothraki ways so that she could keep up with him. Right. To, you know, instead of... Because she just didn't want to be used by him. Yeah, because he would treat her the same way he treated a horse that he really liked. You know? I mean, including the way that they would have sex. He would mount her the way he mounted a horse. Like he was breaking a stallion. And instead... She broke him. Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, so, yeah, I started liking her with those sh- small moments, but then when she, you know, came out of the fire with the dragons, I was like, oh, my God, she's awesome. Um, and, like, my feelings have been, you know, on and off with her because she's made some, like, really questionable decisions throughout the series, but then she's also made some pretty good decisions, and then, I don't know. I just love the dragons. <laughs> well, you're you are the lizard I am queen. The lizard queen. So. Well, yeah, the Ashes, how about you? Okay, so I feel like everyone at this point knows that I am Team Cersei Lannister. She's my girl. I love her. I have loved her since like the moment I laid eyes on her. Like Lena, Lena Hetty is just everything, and this character is just everything. So I was already slightly biased. When, you know, the Daenerys character was introduced and uh, my like interest in the character kind of mirrors some of your interests in the character. Um, Initially, I was very uh, initially I was rooting for her. I wanted her to stand up to her brother, which she ultimately did. She found, you know, the strength and the courage, you know, through call. Drogo, you know, standing up to him and being seen as as his equal, or not, yeah, as his equal. Like he viewed her as his wife. And the scene that I love the most involving Daenerys is when Khal Drogo takes her brother and gives him the golden crown, yes. and she's just yes. standing there with that look on her face. And that yes. is my favorite Daenerys moment because. You know, as she was, she was assaulted by her brother mm-hmm. and abused, and he was a horrible person. And she knew this. She knew that he was just using her, you know, for potential gain. And the fact that he got his, and it was because of her. It was ultimately her hand that casted that crown. Mm-hmm. Like that was just so poetic and so well done. And I love that scene and that just that look of justice on her face, that satisfaction. I love it. And I love um, her kind of like kind of climb into 
self-esteem and confidence, you know, uh, the death of Khal Drogo, she became, instead of wallowing in that, she kind of became more confident in herself as a result of it. And obviously, ultimately, the scene where she, you know, comes through the fire with the dragons like that's just such an awesome scene so yeah there was a time where I was sort of kind of slightly rooting for her but that time was short fleeting and the way that she is going about taking armies I mean initially she was doing it for the best interest of the people now she is doing it for her own best interest. She is selfish. She is conniving. And I can't stand her. Yeah, because that's totally different from Cersei. Shut up. So no, no, no. See, here's what I mean. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You don't get to say that comment and then go on your way. No, Cersei laid it all out on the table from the beginning. She's not pretending to be anything that she's not. Neither is Daenerys. Has anyone got popcorn? I want to watch this fight. No. Daenerys, Daenerys, she is descending into the Mad Queen. Daenerys will die this season. Daenerys is descending into the Mad Queen? Yes. Which one of them has wildfire placed everywhere, and which one of them killed thousands of innocent people? Um... Well, Daenerys, because she has dragons, and she has killed people with those dragons. Yeah, I said innocent people. Daenerys has killed innocent people with her dragons. Name one. Um, the army that she took out. Oh, the army that they were fighting? The army that they were having a battle with? She almost she killed used... Jer- uh, Jamie Lannister. Who was doing what at the time? Being hot. Charging <laughs> at her like he was in a fucking jousting match. So, no. Jamie Lannister and all of his suave goodness. You mean lefty? Hey, he only needs one hand. So what about you, Patrick? So you guys are (laughs) using... uh, First of all, I'm not a huge fan of this character. And why? Well, she doesn't seem to comprehend all of the consequences of her actions. It's immaturity. And, you know, it's not just in the first couple of seasons. It's throughout... And she doesn't quite understand what it's like to have lost anything. Yes, she lost Cal Drogo, but she only had him for like two weeks. Yes, she lost her brother, but he was a vindictive, lying asshole. She fully thought that she was going to marry him. But he figured Mm -hmm. she was her... She was his way to getting the crown. And we, we discussed this. I bring you to, you know, like what you said, she's selfish. She very much is. In the scene, uh, in the fighting pits of Marine, when the Sons of the Harpy come out of nowhere and start fucking everybody up, Drogon comes down and she's like, oh, she's, she's sitting there with Missande, who's been her loyal servant and like stuck with her to the end. And they're holding hands like, yep, we're going to die together. I'm with you to the end. Oh, no, my Uber's here. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm out. Did she use her dragon to kill any of the sons of the harpy that were there? Nope. She just took off. It was like, fuck you guys. I'm out. Yeah, she's selfish. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, that's an issue. However, you guys all picked the exact same, and we have an email as well. But you guys all picked the exact same moment that you were like, oh, I'm a huge fan of hers. 
not one person mentioned when she was buying the Unsullied, and she listened to this guy insult her over and over and over, and she's like, I'll trade you my dragon for your army. And the guy's like, absolutely, sold. But, of course, he was speaking a different language. He was speaking uh, Valyrian, and she was speaking uh, the common tongue, as it's known, which is English. That's generally what, in any sci-fi or fantasy, it's usually called, like, Terran or Basic or the common tongue, whatever or low speech, depending on your franchise. And she, you know, he's been insulting her, calling her a bitch, calling her a whore, talking about, like, all the different sexual things that he'd want to do, and she just stood there and she took it. He didn't realize that she spoke Valyrian until she looks at him, you know, and he's, like, you know, trying to get Drogon under control. Drogon, the largest of her three dragons, named after Carl Drogo. Carl, not Carl. <laughs> I always call him Carl. <laughs> Carl! Carl! Coral Drogo. Uh, so her other two dragons are Viserion, named after her brother Viserys, and Rhaegal, named after her brother Rhaegar, who was killed in the Battle of the Trident by Robert Baratheon, or as they call him, Robert the Usurper, who sat the Iron Throne after her father was killed. So... She looks at him, you know, and she's, she's buying the slave army, these Unsullied. If you're unfamiliar with the Unsullied, these are kids who are taken at the age of five. They're given pets, and their first act is they have to kill their little puppies that they have to make them cold, unfeeling monsters. They're castrated, as the show says, root and stem, and they're made to only obey orders. And they do. Like, there's a scene where, you know, this guy, I forget his name. He's a scumbag. But he goes over and cuts off the nipples of one of the Unsullied. And he just stands there doing nothing. And, you know, he's big into the slave trade. And Daenerys despises the slave trade. And most of her mission, her most of her storyline revolves around her ending slavery. And punishing those who practice slavery very hard. Is she really ending slavery, though? In a lot of places, yes. She freed a lot of people. So, right, but she, only if they vowed to like follow her. No, but the, in some instances, yes. She tells them, and even in the show, that you can you can come with me, or you can go. So, you know, but you know, and even in the book, she says, you know, anybody who wants to sell themselves back into slavery may do so. But she's ending forced slavery and forced, uh, you know, indentured servitude. So <clears throat> she looks at this guy. He's got the dragon on a chain trying to uh, trying to control this thing. And she looks at him and says in Valyrian, a dragon is not a slave. And then looks up at Drogon and says, Dracaris. And he, she just fucking unleashes this spirit huge fireball and just burns that guy alive that was the coolest moment i think when it comes to daenerys because it showed like how cold and calculating she can be as opposed to relying on chance now one of the things that you guys all mentioned is her 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 change from being very timid to being very forceful and confident what the show, like, I'm not going to be one of those, well, in the books, 
this is true of any medium that's adapted for screen from a book. You don't get the um, you don't get the benefit of seeing the characters' inner monologues and knowing what's going on, like their inner point of view. Like they have to show you through, you know, exposition or you know, set pieces, things like that. In the book, every time she's about to do something, you know, she's nervous or scared about something. Like she'd never ridden a horse, and the Dothraki are very like they're the horse lords. You know, they're very much into um, prophecy. Like she is prophesied to bring forth the stallion who mounts the world. You know, there's everything they do is based on horses. Like if a man can't stay on his horse, like he's considered less than nothing. If you don't, you know, have a horse, you're considered less than nothing. And so she's terrified because she has a horse that she was given as a wedding gift, and she's never ridden a horse before, so she's terrified. She has a dream that night, and the next day she's super confident, rides a horse, no problem. Like, she'd been doing it all her life. Every time she stood up to her brother, it was the same thing. You know, she would have sexual dreams, and, you know, like, as part of her sexual awakening, which is weird because in the book she's like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. And so she had three handmaidens that were given to her, uh, Jerry, Equi, and one that da- Dara, Daria, <laughs> Daria, Daria. And she'd be like, "Oh, I'm a little wound up. You take care of this." And so they would, you know. And that was cut from the show. So it, I think they cut it from the show to just make it seem like she was doing this on her own, which I think is a good a good change. Well, I think that gives the character more merit. Yes. If that you see, and, and it's something that is relatable too, because I think a lot of people, not so much that, you know, they, people have found confidence and obtained dragons and freed <laughs> slaves and, you know, ev- eviscerated cities. But, um, you know, I, I mean, I, maybe, I don't know, it could happen. The usual. Um, you know, out of ball. But it's, it's a lot of people can see bits and pieces of themselves mm-hmm. in the Daenerys character. And I understand why a lot of people do like this character. Mm-hmm. Because especially, you know, in the beginning, she is small. She is meek. She, we've used the word, you know, timid, shy, unsure of herself, and just submissive to whoever and whatever, willing to do whatever. Just, just you know, almost like she didn't value herself, didn't value her life. She did because her brother right, forced that into her. right. But she kind of, you know, has this awakening, you know, where she realizes I am worth more than this. And part of it is, you know, her marriage to Carl Drago uh, getting the... You just called him Carl. I did not call (laughs) him Carl. Carl, I have something in my throat. (laughs) The Carl, 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 But, you know, to uh, her, her marriage to Jason Momoa and, um, you know, I think him viewing her as an equal is something that she hasn't had before. Mm-hmm. You know, her dad descended, you know, into, he was the Mad King. He completely went crazy. We still don't and know why, though. We don't know why, but we know that it happened. It could be thousands of years of Targaryen inbreeding. Yeah. But her brother just used her and abused her and treated her like nothing and told her that. And you can only be told that you're nothing so much before you start believing it. Well, she also, um, to touch on what you said about the gold crown thing, she had some help from her other followers. Um, You see this a little bit in the show, but they touch more on it in the book where 
Daenerys and uh, Viserys speak the common tongue. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, at first she doesn't speak Valerian, she doesn't speak Dothraki, she doesn't speak all these all these other languages. She slowly learns as she travels. But she's very good at it. The only people who speak both languages are Jorah Mormont, who is absolutely in love with her, and Woo-hoo. in the book tries to kiss her on a boat. And oh, she's it's like, like the little mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> Except it would girl. be unless it would be like King Triton at, at sixty trying to kiss a thirteen year old girl. Yeah, no, in that case, you need to be shy. And then her her three handmaids. So anything that, like, got said to the, 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 the Cal or the Kalisar, which is the whole group of people, or the Blood Riders, who are, like, the three, like, lieutenants, so to speak, like, the next in line, like, the three guys, like, the or the three best friends that anyone could have <laughs> for, the, for the Cal. Yeah. Um, they were the ones who were passing these messages back and forth. Mm-hmm. And they were, they spent a lot of their time, like, kind of, like, riling Viserys up, knowing that he had a temper, because that's what he always said, don't wake the dragon, you don't want to wake the dragon. And they would rile him up, knowing that he would do something stupid. Is that what that he would, called his penis? I hope not. <laughs> don't wake the dragon. But he was Rawr. concerned. <laughs> did it growl too? <laughs> if it did, he probably he had gonorrhea, gotten and that's when it, <laughs> he had gonorrhea, and it, he got the burning sensation. That's why he called it the dragon. Uh, he had burning microphones. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole thing was they, the people who want Daenerys in power, guys like uh, Varys and Illyrio, who we see at the very first uh, episode are trying to get... They want Daenerys to be in power. And I think originally because they think they can control her. Yeah. They don't want Viserys because he's too unpredictable. He's too much like his his father. Mm-hmm. Like, they want nothing... They don't want him at all. So they're, they totally, like... They needle at him and pick at him and they keep telling him, like, like oh, Daenerys is the queen and this is going to happen. And, like, oh, you just have to be patient. And, like, you know, they'll command him to do something. It's like command you don't command like and he gets all, remember he gets all freaked out and pulls the sword on Daenerys and they make him walk yeah like they were just building that up to yeah. the point where he comes in and he's now there was no alcohol where they where they were that's a sad day but somehow he got tons of wine and got drunk and came into the tent and was like demanding fealty and that's when he got his golden crown so Daenerys has a lot of people that Follow her unconditionally. And I think that's um, a big reason for her popularity. She does a lot of... She does a lot of questionable things, like Kristen said. But she also does a lot of positive things. Well, yes and no. Yeah, I was going to say yes and no. She does a lot of positive stuff. Ending slavery, like... When she goes into Astapor, and I believe it's Astapor, and they have all the kids nailed up on the mile markers... And then they release all the slaves and nail the masters up on the mile markers the same way they did to the little kids. I think if we're going to talk about her being good or bad, like doing good or bad, I think in the beginning when she was influenced by things around her, she was doing good. Mm -hmm. But you can see throughout, especially towards the uh, last few seasons, she's fucking out of control. She just wants power. She just wants, she's hungry. She's hungry for power. And, and you can see that with her interaction with Jon Snow. 
Yeah. Not the sex thing, but the whole <laughs> no, the one like like Neil. Yeah. Neil, me. you yeah. you have to submit yeah. to me. Like Neil, I am your queen, Neil. Yeah. But I feel like that's and you know she's that's being told to her like you are the queen. You need to well, command, and like that's constantly now she's like. She's influenced by everybody being like, you need to be respected. You need this. You need that. And now she's just fucking loose. Well, think about who her top advisor is at this point. That's true, yeah. Tyrion Lannister. But even Tyrion Lannister starting to question, I like, mean, her motives and his involvement. Yeah. And, well, and he's already, like, Jon Snow's already been the king of the north for a while. A couple weeks. And right? And, so, and like, Jon Snow has done things named. to actually gain the the love and appreciation of the people Mm -hmm. you know he has proven himself he fucking died for the people yeah I was gonna say Davos says that he says he gave his life uh, for his cause you know for what he believed in this fight against this you know enemy to the north but you know one of the things I've I've said about Daenerys the last couple seasons myself and I, I know Nicole will agree with me she hasn't, and I said this earlier, she hasn't suffered a, a major loss up until Viserion got killed. But yes. I feel like Viserion, yeah. like, no offense to her other dragons, Viserion's not, it's just like... No, it, it would have been a big loss if, if it was if Drogon. Drogon, yeah. If it was Drogon, she would have gone crazy. It's foreshadowing, if you think yeah, about I it. Her, fir- her Who was the first one to die? Viserys. Yeah. Viserys was named for... Or Viserion was named for Viserys. Yeah. So by that logic, I think Drogon is going to kill Viserys in this mm. season because that's what happened. No, I. So, I mean, we, yeah, we've talked about it in the past. I just, you're right. She hasn't truly lost. She thinks she's constantly winning, and I think <laughs> Sandy's giving me the look no. of life. Well, no, she no. she has no, this waiting. confidence that she hasn't earned yet like mm-hmm. i'm just gonna stroll in and She's i'm gonna destroy hyped. everyone and i'm gonna beat everyone because i have dragons and i'm just gonna go in and i'm gonna smoke everybody out of king's landing and that's what's gonna happen because i'm powerful it's like you can be hurt your dragons can be hurt like it's happened a couple times drogon's taken spears and he's taken that ballista shot from Bronn. they can be hurt if they can be hurt they can be killed. It's like aren't that great philosopher Schwarzenegger. If it bleeds, we can kill it. So what I want to know is because the majority of us in here have this similar opinions, especially of, of Daenerys currently. But Sandy, you don't like no. you. You still love her yeah. and worship her and want to be her. Yeah. Um, why? Like, like what keeps you? Like keeps Daenerys in, like a good company, like with you. Like why? Why are you still a Daenerys person? Because she promised to build a wall and make the Dornish pay for it. <laughs> That's it. Um. So I, I. This will be shocking. I don't think she'll have the crown. I don't think she'll sit on the throne. I don't think that's possible. No, because that's Cersei's job. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just kind so of spit over there. <laughs> no. Um, Sashay away. Um, okay, but I think... So there's a few things I want to, like, talk about, but it's going to be, like, jumbled in my head. That's fine. We Just go, girl. Go. Live... Or not we. They... Well, I guess we, too. Live in, like, this world where men are dominant. 
So you have mm-hmm. even Cersei and Danny, where they're like women model. I don't want to say role models. Well, I think Danny's a role model. I think Cersei's <laughs> a role model. So, okay, so there we go. Uh, we yes. have these role models on the top. And so I think that they have to roar louder. And yes. so to do that, they think that they need to be a little bit more powerful so that they, they take are playing a bit more. the they're game playing of thrones. The, they're playing the game. But I think when we look at everything Danny's done and if it, she falls down a few times, it's because not only is she younger uh, by a lot, it's because she's she's a woman. She's looked at all of these men in her life and she's just like, well, fuck, like. I have ovaries and I need to speak louder because no one's going to listen to me in a dress. Well, right. I think well she's also under a microscope more than some exactly. of the male characters so as I well. So I think asking for people to kneel is is like a sexist thing. I think it is. <coughs> like, are these men going to kneel before me? Well, I think part I know of all the women do. Part yeah. of the issue with them is the difference that they have between someone like a Jon Snow or a Robert Baratheon or, you know, a... a to a lesser extent, an Ober and Martell. Oh. The reason they get <laughs> loyalty... Sorry, Nicole needs a moment. Oh, I think one of the biggest reasons they get loyalty, it's not through fear, it's through their actions. You know, they went out and they fought these battles. Like, they are respon- like Jon Snow is responsible for taking back Winterfell. Like, he went and fought that battle. Well, I'm not necessarily saying these men got it through fear they got it through being able to be men so it's easy so if you say you they had, had the opportunity they had, the op- they had better yes. opportunities in because this they were world men. there are a lot of women strong powerful women who conquered their own lands look no further than the mormonts mage mormont liana mormont liana stark nymeria all See, at least when it came time to put their husbands out of their misery, mm-hmm. Daenerys took a hands-on approach as opposed to Cersei. Because it's like, okay, Drogo is still alive, but he's not Drogo anymore. So I'm going to smother him with this pillow. And she took it on herself to do that herself. Cersei was like, get him drunk. Like, you're my cousin, and we're just going to keep banging, but you need to, because that was Lancel, uh, get, him, get him super wasted so he gets killed by a boar. Yeah. So Daenerys took a more hands-on approach there. And then she started acting a lot like Cersei. Because what does Cersei say to Sansa? Tears are not a woman's only weapon. Your greatest weapon is in between your legs. Learn to use it. And she does. Dario Naharis. Yep. She marries the guy who wanted the fighting pits back open back up in Marine. Yeah. And in a political thing, everybody's trying to marry her. Like Oberyn Martell's nephew is trying to marry her in the books. Yeah. There's like a bunch of like Euron wants to marry her. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, partly because she's a Targaryen. But well, I think even that with the name. So Cersei has the Lannister 
name. They trust it. They know they have money. They know they have power. So she's a woman in power. She can do lots of things. Okay, like, let me bring war in my army. It's okay. I mean, it's not okay. But if... It's okay. (laughs) Well, it was different when Tywin was alive. But if Danny were to go do that, she has the Targaryen name. They just think of... The Mad King. The Mad King. So on top of that, I think that she still is trying to prove herself. But in proving herself, she's making all of these mistakes. But Mm -hmm. I personally favor her because she started off really small and timid. Um, But even with all of the mistakes, I think that's why she's relatable as a person. Like, Mm -hmm. in life, we make all of these mistakes up and down, and sometimes we don't want to admit that we make them, but we still want to push through to our goal, and we make selfish acts all the time. Absolutely not. I'm perfect. Obviously. (laughs) I make no mistakes. (laughs) But we're selfish. Lots of people are selfish, and we make Mm -hmm. mistakes, and we don't want to admit it. We fall in love. We fall out of love, and I think that that's why I'm holding on to her and will always hold on to her um, because she's so personable, and I just think right now she's in a rough patch. And that's okay. We'll get through Yeah, together. she's having a rough patch. <laughs> well, that's fair. Uh, I did want to touch on one quick thing before we uh, kind of wrap this up. Um, so we do have a piece of feedback, but we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Uh, everybody knows who's been following the show or reading the books. Everybody knows about the R plus L equals J theory, saying oh. that... Rhaegar and Lyanna are John's parents. I think I know where you're going to go with this. I think you mentioned this to me. There is a theory going around, and um, I've seen a lot of proof of this, and there's a lot of proof against it, just as with every Ah. single goddamn prophecy in George R.R. Martin's uh, works, um, that Rhaegar and Lyanna did not father John. They fathered a young girl. They fathered, or they, well, Rhaegar fathered. Lyanna didn't father anybody. Uh, They had Daenerys, which was part of the reason why... um, So wait, would that be R plus L equals equals D? D? Poppycock. Well, (laughs) the other side of this is there was a young lady named Ashara Dane who was Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning, Jamie's personal hero, (gasps) Mm -hmm. uh, because he was the greatest swordsman who ever lived, much like Mad Mortigan from Willow. And he... Uh, was the guy who pretty much killed everybody in Ned's party at the Tower of Joy before Howland Reed killed killed him right before he killed Ned. Yeah. Now, one of the biggest problems in the in the books is Ned was beloved by House Dane even after Arthur Dane's death, and after he tore down the Tower of Joy, he returned the ancestral sword Dawn back home to Dorne, to the Danes. There's a lot of Ds there. Duh. But he also delivered Daenerys and swapped Daenerys out. Game of Thrones by Dr. Seuss? (laughs) This Game of Thrones by alliteration. And swapped Daenerys for the child Ashara Dane had with Ned's brother, Brandon. Now, if you remember Brandon, he went with Ned's father, Rickard, to King's Landing to confront Ares the Mad King mm-hmm. when Rhaegar, quote-unquote, kidnapped Lyanna. And, you know, they were accused of treason. They demanded a trial by combat. The Mad King chose as his champion Wildfire and burned them alive. So the theory states that after Rhaegar and Lyanna, because Rhaegar was also obsessed with prophecy, 
had Daenerys. Ned's like, well, I can't very well pass off this blonde, purple-eyed baby girl as my bastard. So he went to Dorne, to Starfall, the ancestral home of the Danes, brought with him Arthur Dane's sword, but not his bones, which is considered very disrespectful that he didn't bring the body back. Swapped out Daenerys for John because John had dark hair. He looked more like a Stark. So it was actually his brother Brandon's child with Ashara Dane. And because Ashara, like they, they even mentioned that Daenerys kind of looks like Ashara Dane. So it's kind of, it's crazy. So that's just a theory. I Not feel like I need a flow chart or yeah, something. Wait, so if, <laughs> maybe our the color that involves no incest. <laughs> yeah. No incest? Who? Between Danny and Snow. Well, they would still be cousins. Lyanna okay, Stark but less and Brandon. Lyanna Stark and Brandon less Stark. Incest. Well, is it less incest for a niece? No, I, mean, I like, didn't realize there were different degree, like levels degree. of incest. Well, well what's Cersei, Cersei is it more Jamie. incest or less? It's incest. less. Okay, than no, listen, like the. Cersei I think it's and about Jamie the same incest, or is it like it's about it's second the same? Um, I, I, I second incest. No, no, they're they're first cousins. I was under the impression that Lyanna and Brandon are brother and sister. Oh, I know. I was but making a show, joke, Patrick. Levels of it can be okay. <laughs> because I mean, technically, go I, back far enough, and we're could, all products of incest. No, stop. Because, like, I ship. I mean, like, look John at the monarchies in Europe. They're all full. They're trying to keep yeah. their bloodlines. Daenerys fully expected to marry her brother. Yeah. But my point is that based on this. It's all a dream. And they talked about this yeah, in season seven. Ugh. Daenerys is the princess that was promised. She is the song of ice and fire. Mm, yeah. Totally believe Not Jon Snow. I believe that too. So. But that's really not what they're setting up in the show, though. No, they're, to- they're doing something totally different. But the show is... Because the show outstripped the source material... Yeah. Like, they've had to go in like crazy... Like, in the it book right now... It. Stannis has Theon prisoner and he's waiting to fight Ramsay Bolton. I'm still on book two. <laughs> John is dead. I'm on book one. John is dead. Spoiler alert. Zero. Yeah, I'm. I'm still in the middle of I, at the beginning of book six. So, uh, so I want to read this uh, this piece of feedback. We got a piece of feedback from somebody uh, that we work with, uh, Andy, who is like Game he's of Thrones historian. Character. Yes, he is Andy from Toy Story, all grown up. Yes, Woody now. <laughs> I did tell him that when I first met him. I said, are you Andy from Toy Story all grown up? And he said? And he did not either confirm or deny that. Oh. I'll ask him again tomorrow. But it sounds, uh, he has some very similar opinions to you guys. He said, me? for me, the most powerful scene in A Game of Thrones is when Danny emerges from the pyre and Jogo, Ago, and Ricaro, after first refusing to be her blood riders, lay their Eric's down. The Eric is the curved blade that they use. And say, blood of my blood. And shortly after... The night is filled with dragon song. You know, the, the vocalizations that the dragons make. The scene in the book removes most of that scene, giving the blood of my blood quote to Jorah instead. Were there any scenes of Danny's from the books that were not in the show that you felt should have been? Like Quaith, Dream Sequences, Quentin's Quest, etc. So that's really directed at me. 
since you guys haven't read the books. Correct. You don't. Know. I mean, I've yeah, read I do. I do you know because know. you have happened. my. You don't know. You have my book one. Fight me. <laughs> Um, I've read a book and a half. Like, give me some credit. Well, do you have anything from the books that you would prefer be in the show? Oh, I never really liked the Danny book chapters. So that's a no. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, for me, I would yeah. say some, some of her experience. interactions with Quaith. Uh, Quaith is the woman that talks to her. She's got that weird mask, like the lacquered wooden Season mask. Two, people. Season yeah. Two. And Jorah's like, ooh, what do you, you know, you need to back off. And she gives her, like, these prophecies, and it's shown that Quaith is the one that's been sending her dreams. You know, like, so every time she needs to make a decision and she's not sure which which direction to go, Quaith kind of pushes her in this direction. There are actually Quaith theories. Quaith is Professor Trelawney. There are actually <laughs> theories that uh, Quaith is Danny from the future. Which is weird, which is why she's like, oh, this is what you need to do. This is where you need to go. This is what, you know, your next move Uh, should be. Um, So, that's that one. Yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. So, I mean, that I think is is a very interesting look. Although a lot of the scenes that she's had, I kind of like the way they kind of change things to the book. You know, from the book to the screen. Although, one thing I wish they kind of kept out is Targaryens have a a very high threshold for heat sensitivity, but they're not fireproof. Like, in this pyre scene, like when Danny gets out, you know, obviously she's completely naked because her clothes burned off, but her hair burns off as well. Because there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of that um, loss of femininity. Like, it kind of goes to what you were saying, uh, there's Pecan Sandy, about, um, you know, like, having to be like a man. Like, there's a lot of these themes of the loss of femininity toward uh, for a lot of these women. Like, when Cersei loses all her hair, she goes full Tywin Lannister. Like, she's... And Wait, you s- hold up. I'm not pro, like, Cersei, but she's a lot sexier then Tywin? No, no, no. <laughs> it, everyone always compares. We even got to see her butt. Like, the, the answer it's is It's a yes. good butt. It's just the answer is just, Well, yes. that was her body yes. double, but. But, but, but the, the answer still. is still the character. That's a good butt, the character, too. Yes. But the whole, yes. the whole thing is, like, she became Tywin, as in, like, everyone feared Tywin. Like, well, to the point where she, you know. Well, I, that's I know why Jamie. This is Jamie, a Cersei episode, but, like, she really, after the whole shame and hair situation she even became a different person she like, dressed, she like dressed like him yes yeah. yeah yeah you know her colors went from the burgundy and gold lannister colors to now she's wearing black you up and she's wearing she's armored and gunmetal yeah. yeah, she's armored. well i don't know I if they have so gun much metal, but not wait to talk about her which is more well no she's trying to be yeah. like you know there's a lot of stuff in the book where you get cersei's point of view of you know if I had been, if the, if you know She's Tywin was alive, or if I was Tywin, they wouldn't talk to me about this. They wouldn't question my moves. It's it's just, but there's a lot of that. The same thing with with Daenerys. It's like it's like oh, you know, Cal Drogo's not around, so half of her Kalasar just abandons her. But see, um, but kind of going back to to that a little bit, they wouldn't do that in the show. They wouldn't try to 
make her less feminine because it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. Because it's still a show. No, they did that a lot. Dressing her in rags. Yeah, but she was she still was pretty. Still but she was still pretty. Like, like even it, it was it was dirty. Pretty. It was pretty dirty. Like it was Hollywood dirty. Mm-hmm. It's so when they do these characters, and we actually had a conversation similar to this a couple of days ago, where you know in Hollywood there's no such thing as ugly. Oh yeah. You know, well, we like talked even, about this with ugly, Brienne. Yeah, even ugly mm-hmm. is is pretty. So that if these characters looked like they were supposed to look like in the book, they wouldn't have as much appeal as they do because a lot of these characters aren't very pretty. They're not attractive. They're not aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. You know, so if if Daenerys, if the character were to lose her hair and be, you know, have those scenes be more faithful to the book, people would lose. They, they wouldn't be as interested in her because she's not pretty, mm-hmm. which I, mean, I think is bullshit. Well, I mean, they had to but do a lot of changes for the show. Well, no, I, I understand that. But, you know, this goes into this whole, like, social commentary thing about, you know, uh, sex sells and mm-hmm. Hollywood, you know, is just trying to make money and unrealistic standards and all of this other see, crap. If that was the I, don't, case, I don't want to go down that rabbit well, hole. Well, I was going to say, if episode, that was the case, but... they would have kept in all, like, the lesbian interactions she had with her handmaidens. Because there's a lot. I mean, the first three seasons were just full-on sex, and now it's all black battle. Well, it's because there was a lot of brothel stuff no, going on. No, I know. On. They cut a lot of brothel stuff, Oh, no, though. I know that. I mean, the most brothelly scene would be, like... Brothelly? <laughs> brothelly. You want some brothelly, brothelly. with your soup? <laughs> Episode two. Brothelly Alfredo? Two is so <laughs> no. Brothel. Never. Oh, this white sauce tastes weird. I'm very disappointed that brothels have absolutely nothing to do with broth. Like, it kind of makes me want ramen real bad. All right, I'm going to not (laughs) be gross. Really salty ramen? (laughs) (laughs) How much salt do you want in it? So, I think uh, we're going to go ahead and kind of close this up. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap everything up. And then uh, we'll give a preview of coming attractions for for next week. So, uh, Wolfie, if you please... Do you love the scary story? Do you love to dance? The big scary monster haunts at midnight is a collection of dark songs about sex, love, death, revenge, and the end of the world. Brought to you by the world's greatest monster hunting, Electroshock Band, The Deads. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring baby Jesus with a nail gun, the pride of PA, and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, 
Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and punchfarm.com. Keep on crunching! <laughs> Hi, I'm Richie the Whiz Kid from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, and you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday Podcast. And we're back Aww. with the Agent Nicole song from. Uh, That's the second best thing I miss about this show. Good friend. Uh, well, I had to play it on a Game of Thrones Aww. episode, right? True. J- from our good buddy J Mac, who was just on with uh, with us for our episode. There's something about McCready, and uh, so I think that was a pretty good discussion. I mean, there's still a lot more plot stuff about Daenerys. We could probably spend you know an entire month. Easily on, you know, any of these major characters, you know, especially dissecting the the difference between the books and the TV shows, and um, you know, My there's goal just is to get through all the books before the next season or the first half of the next season. Well, once the uh, you know, I've been I've been trying to line up some guests for the uh, for the episodes we're going to be doing. Uh, we're probably going to do between four and six episodes leading up to the the season. Bring it on! Because there are a, there are a lot of well, no, leading up to season eight, like because season eight comes out in uh, mid-April. Yeah, the first half of that season, they, they're so splitting it up, which is lame. But we're gonna we're gonna cover some of the characters that are gonna have a major impact. So you know, probably a John, a Cersei, probably start children, Jimmy Whispers, Brand Brandon. Theon. We'll probably have an episode where we do some more like bit characters too mm-hmm. that have had Alice Carstark impact uh, on the show. The Gravedigger, Lem Lemon Cloak, Rorge and Biter, who eats half of Brienne's face in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sexy and I know it. <laughs> so <laughs> we had a battle. We did have a battle. And we have results. (sighs) We did have results. And you look very defeated. Well, you know, it wasn't me who was defeated. It was everyone aside from John Wick. So our battle last week, uh, Keanu, what you did last summer, uh, was a four-way battle between characters uh, named John, played by Keanu Reeves. And if you listened to last week's episode, you uh, heard the choices that the uh, derailers were given. I found eight different characters played by Keanu Reeves named John. Oh, my goodness. And so I asked them, I gave them Clearly pairs. he has a type. They're like, Keanu, we have a script for you. He's like, is the character named John? They're like, no. And he's like, I don't Pass. want it. <laughs> Two hours later. No, I'm called John. Drogo. <laughs> so they picked, you know, from a, a series of eight names. So we had four pairs. They picked one from each. So it was John Constantine. Johnny Utah from uh, Point Break, Johnny Mnemonic from Johnny Mnemonic, and John Wick from John Wick. Also, John Constantine from Constantine. So you're probably sensing a theme here with uh, how he names, <laughs> how the characters are named. 
Um, Johnny Point Break from Point, from Point Break. Um, so, my personal vote, because he fights demons nonstop, was John Constantine. I love John Constantine. It's a great character. If you've ever seen Justice League Dark, oh, it yeah. really does the character justice. Right, but that's not okay Keanu Reeves' portrayal of that character. I know. But even Keanu Reeves' portrayal of the character had a lot of mystical mystical stuff. But, however, he was defeated by a wide margin on both Twitter and Facebook polls uh, by John Wick. John Wick! Baba Yaga. Well, I mean, like, John Wick fights demons, too. Well, metaphorical demons. Actual demons. Have you seen the movie? No, I just wanted to argue. He avenges <laughs> his puppy. Yeah, Theon kills his puppy. And he goes on a murder spree. Good, I would too. It was a puppy given to him by his dead wife. Wow. And then they steal his car. It's just one blow after another. And this is like the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, wow, I don't like this movie anymore. But then he goes on this massive killing spree. And he's like, you killed my dog. Sounds like I would do that. And (laughs) it turns out it has a really happy ending. We did do a John Wick episode. He does adopt another dog. Marley and me. Is it Mar- no, that's no. another bad one. That's such a sad movie. No, Why it's it's uh, it's uh. I think John Wick would have won. John Wick has a vendetta against everybody. Yeah, but Constantine could bring his dog back to life. Sorry, I already have a new dog. His name is Mister Wuffles. <laughs> Whoa, we have excellent adventures. So yeah, John Wick was the champion of Ikeanu, what you did last summer. I so agree with everyone who voted for John Wick. Shout-outs to Keanu Reeves. Shout-outs to the derailers. Shout-outs to Jenny Bean and her best friend, Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> They're friends. She loves Forrest Gump. And I'm just kidding. John Forrest Wick. Gump. I mean, John, Keanu Reeves for all the John. Oh, yeah, and uh, the uh, special guest referee was... Uh, Keanu Reeves as Ortiz the dog boy. I forgot to mention that. One of his few characters not named John. So, what are we doing next week? I don't know. You tell me. Oh, I'll tell you. Uh, That's what what I'm hoping. (laughs) (laughs) So, next week, we are going to continue in our uh, strong female leads. Well, she's not technically a lead, but she should have been. Story should have centered around her. And I know, Kristen, you have a very interesting uh, talking point that you want to share with us next week. Um, you mentioned it earlier today at the lab. Kristen's giving me like this really look no, like. I know. I remember. Oh my god! I didn't That's a it was spicy that question. <laughs> That's a spicy question. Uh, and I believe this is our first character that we're discussing from this, this fandom, this particular uh-huh. franchise. Yes, That's we will be discussing Hermione Granger next week. Yeah, yeah. from the yeah. Harry from, Potter, <laughs> from the Amazing. Harvey Porter series. Uh. All I could just think of was the BuzzFeed video where if it was, I was thinking, of, I know how to talk to the mic. I was just being lazy. You have Don't to give lick me it. You have to talk lick to it. the mic. Uh, 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 um, lick it like you like it. Lick it like you like it. <laughs> lick it like you love it. I told you, pretend like it's RoboCop's dick. Ew. I need to take your statement. I just always think of like that BuzzFeed video that's like, quote unquote, in Stephen Frey's uh, voice. Fry. Whatever. Fuck off. You got... Walder Frey from Game of Thrones stuck in your head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
just like if Hermione was the main character, like she would fuck shit up. Livio saw. Stop it, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, expect a lot more of that next week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Ah. Amazing. <laughs> yes, Queen. So yeah, if you're going to be at Boston Comic Con, let us know. I might be there. And uh, let us know your opinions on Daenerys Targaryen. Are you a Game of Thrones fan? If not, you should be. Um, hit us up on social media. You can find us on the Twitters and the I Facebooks. am at Patrick Rahal. She is at Miss Von Nightmare. And then there's at SpicyQuistinLizardQueen.com backslash control F. That's not it. No, it's not it at all. Um, But you can also find us on uh, Twitter. You can find the show at TDThursdayPod. We're also all on uh, the Instagram. And uh, the show, all of our handles are the same, except the show is ThrowdownThursdayPodcast. dot instagram dot org i think i don't know how instagram works um but yeah so join us next week when we'll be discussing hermione granger what (laughs) i wasn't laughing at you i was laughing with uh with me pecan sandy and we will see see you you next thursday. thursday